Hey everybody, Dan Ray here from Greensboro. Great to be with you. And I have with me a special guest here uh, who I mentioned on the show last week, Jeff Wall. Plays him with the name Big Dumb Hick. How's it going, Jeff? Hey, how's your mama and them? Yeah, I can't complain. You've never met them. Oh, no, they had no. You were there when we um, sang Happy Birthday to my mom. Right. That's right. That's right. That's pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah. She loved it. She. I will tell you, um, you know, my family is the one that calls up and sings three-part Happy Birthday to people on their voicemail. So to have a room full of people who really can sing, do that, was uh, was great. Um, what Jeff's talking about is um, at Eleven Eleven Brewing, where I've been managing music for the last few months, we had a fundraiser thing and I was emceeing and it happened to also be my mom's birthday. So I got her on FaceTime and I had a whole room full of Greensboro's best songwriters and musicians saying happy birthday to her. And me. Including, including Jeff. <laughs> no, uh, no, you were saying best songwriters and best singers. And then I said, I had to clarify that and me. You know? Yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, um, why I asked Jeff to be on this episode and, and, um, talk with me about this is um after that event uh, it was a sunday night he was hanging around and um uh, he has had the the dubious pleasure of listening to the first few episodes of this podcast <laughs> and um uh i did apologize for the sound quality those of you who've been around back then uh, know we've, we've stepped up our game since then um but he started asking me some questions about branding and um and it's stuff that i hear people who listen to this podcast, ask him too. I get asked those same kinds of questions online. And, um, and I just thought it'd be fun to bring Jeff on and talk about branding and talk about his brand and what he's doing and what he's up to, you know, um, cause I have some ideas to contribute and, but, but I think it's, I think it's worth sort of going through a process of, of, of talking it out because the, the questions I want to ask are ones that I'd like to ask a lot of people who listen. And I think it'd be worth everybody kind of stopping and thinking. So, so why don't you start us out? Just kind of tell us about your, performing history and where you play and what you play and, and just kind of bring us up to speed on, on you. Oh, wow. I'm originally from just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I joined the Navy at 18 so I could find somebody to date that I wasn't kin to. <laughs> and, uh, I was setting off the coast of Beirut in 82 with not a whole lot to do and uh, on a ship. And some guys I was on the ship with had brought a guitar or brought several guitars and I, I picked it up, and I knew a handful of chords, and I, you know, I just picked it up to see if I could remember how to play. And I don't think I've put one down since. Mm. Uh, it's it's like a teddy bear or something. I, I feel naked without a guitar. Yeah, I, I hate. I even hate leaving the house without a guitar. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, and so I've been. Uh, I did twenty years in the Navy. I got to play music all over the world. Uh, I used to. When the ship would pull into a port, I'd go find street musicians to hang out with and play. Mm. Uh, so, you know, that was kind of cool. Uh, I retired from the Navy in 2000, moved to Kernersville, North Carolina, and uh, and was playing around in biker bars and things like that, just doing covers. Uh, and uh, and the guy I was playing with ended up, he ended up passing away from a staph infection, and I quit playing out for a few years. Mm. And I kind of got the bug again. I don't I don't know what caused it. Uh, I still play pickup gigs from time to time. I, you know, I'd play around campfires at bluegrass festivals. I'd sit in with friends, things like that. But I got the bug to do it myself again. And so I started easing myself back in. And next thing you know, I'm running headfirst into the wall. I'm, I'm booking as much stuff as I can do. I'm playing as, as much as I can, anywhere I can. Yeah. 
for some reason, I got to thinking a few years, a couple of years ago, that in order to be taken seriously as a musician, I need to learn how to write my own songs. The problem with me being taken seriously as a musician is I have a real hard time being serious. <laughs> and so about half of my stuff is, you know, it could almost be considered novelty or comedy stuff, even though there is often an underlying message in there. Yeah. But, uh, but when I'm playing brewery gigs and things like that, and I'm having to play three hours or more as a solo or sometimes a duo, uh, nobody wants to hear three hours of my stuff. Right. Uh, I don't want to hear three hours of my stuff. And so uh, I'm mixing other stuff in there. But uh, I take these cover tunes and I kind of twist them and, and play them the way I want to play them. Uh, like kind of a country bluegrass version of Iggy and the Stooges, I Want to Be Your Dog. Nice. Uh, I Want to Be Sedated uh-huh. by the Ramones. Works really well as a bluegrass tune. I bet, I bet. Neil Young's Powderfinger works as a bluegrass tune. Huh. It, you know, speed some stuff up, slow some stuff down, just kind of play with it yeah. and, uh, until I can find some way to feel comfortable with it. And that's what I do. That's great. And I, I was, I've only ever seen you do originals um, because that's... You know, at Lemon Eleven, that's what we do there. It's you know the original songwriting. It's right. kind of a fit branding-wise for the creativity, of the craft brewing they do there, and um, plus it's cheaper with the licensing and all that. So, well, I like doing both. I like doing covers. I like doing originals. Yeah. Uh, and it, if you put enough of a twist on the cover, it feels like you're doing the original because right. you're doing something nobody else is yeah, doing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, uh, so for 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 everyone who hasn't had the privilege. Um, Go to bigdumbhick, all in word, dot com, right? Yeah, and if you misspell it, you're going to end up on some nasty site you won't be on. Yeah, yeah don't do that. Big Dumb Hick, just like it sounds. I'm not allowed to say that, man. I know. Um, <laughs> because his originals, Jeff's originals, are, um, God, they're funny, and they're dirty, and they're uh, moving, and um, I don't know of a, a songwriter you know, short of somebody really making it big, whose work um, is as striking as Jeff's stuff. It's really, um, uh, it's really neat. You really just, you should go check it out. I know this is like a cover band podcast or whatever, but um, uh, this man's originals are really worth checking out. And in fact, he's become one of our favorites at 1111. We've been back, what, three, three, three times? I'm not sure, three or four. A whole bunch. I'm not real good at count. A whole bunch. And once you, once you reach good Dan, <laughs> there was an exchange on Facebook uh, this morning. Jeff reached out to the, the bar to get booked for 2019 because I'm not doing it anymore. I handed it off to the, and the owner of the place's name is Dan, and my name is Dan, and he hired a taproom manager whose name is Dan, and so it's all very confusing. But uh, well, uh, what there's good Dan, there's big Dan, and you're medium Dan. Medium Dan. <laughs> That's about right. I'm not quite as big as you Big know, Dan. <laughs> I was thinking about mediocre Dan, but you know, that just kind of. Yeah, no, I'll tell you, it's not inaccurate, frankly. Yeah, and, and and I did see if New Dan is good Dan, it must be bad Dan. Well, you know, that, that's kind of a that's kind of a struggle though. That's a that's a horse race between you and Dan Morgan. It is. It is. Yeah, we're fighting for worse Dan. I might have to let him in. There. Anyway, so um, so one of the things that I've sort of been aware of you. Um, working on uh, and, and and your posts on social media, you know, kind of inside baseball in terms of the talking to the music community um, and, and sort of wrestling with how to be an indie artist and how to be a performer these days with all that, you know, these days means. Um, so to, do you have recordings? Are you working on, you know, are you working on any of that? I, I did a demo recording with uh, a guy in town here in, in 
Winston named Lee Terry. And uh, I had a $200 recording budget, and I came in $20 for the budget. Nice. So that should tell you about the quality of the recording. Uh, <laughs> we didn't have, saved us what he Yeah, there was there. no money for mastering. It, it, just a, it was a really rough demo. And then I, I played on uh, WHEP in Hillsboro, North Carolina. They have a live radio show called Pass the Hat. I played on that. I took a thumb drive with me and happened to give me a copy of it, and I mastered it. And I ended up with a free CD, you know, uh, 10 tracks or so. And I just uh, had it mastered and turned it into a release. And so th- all that cost me was uh, to print the CD. But yeah. I've got a bunch of new tunes I need to I need to record. And I haven't figured out exactly how I'm going to do that yet. I'm trying to figure out some way to do it on the cheap because I'm poor. Uh, and there's a school in High Point, North Carolina, the Larry Gatlin School of Music. Even though Larry Gatlin has nothing to do with it, I don't know how that works. But there's a guy I play with occasionally named Mark Dillon, who's a teacher there. He teaches recording technology. And part of his students, they have to do a recording as part of their final. And so hmm. I'm wanting to get in on some of that. You know, they need a guinea pig. I'll, I'll, sit, I'll be a guinea pig and let them record uh, a song or two and... If it comes out good, maybe I can put a, a record together that way. Yeah, yeah, good. It's all what it's for me. It's all about trying to think outside the box. I've never that's one. That's another one of my problems is I've never fit inside of a box anyway. I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of large. I guess I should. Yeah. I guess I should explain the big dumb hick part. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, I'm originally from Lebanon, Tennessee. I'm six foot seven. I weigh three hundred and thirty-three pounds, which makes me only half evil. And I tend to wear bib overalls, which is uh, more flattering for us big figure girls, and it's more comfortable. <laughs> and when you see somebody my size with a beard who talks with a southern drawl, you automatically assume they're stupid. Uh, you know, and I'm big and hick, and I've always had a thing about making fun of myself and laughing at myself. I was I used to be a freelance writer, wrote for No Depression, Country Music Magazine, Country Weekly, uh, a little bit of stuff for Harp and Paste. I had a website called uh, Twangzine, uh, and I did a bunch of things like that. Well, the publishing industry uh, died, and so I decided that the music industry looked so much better, and I should be a singer-songwriter. So maybe I came by that dumb part, honestly. But... Uh, <laughs> I was using the the name Big Dumb Hick on a message board, on an industry message board, and it just kind of stuck. The problem is, with that brand, it's cost me some gigs because there's people that will look at that name and say, no, we don't want somebody, we don't want some big redneck cracker in here right. playing nothing but uh, hanging finger covers. Right. Which, I, I'll play a few of those, but not, you know. Yeah, it's not, you know, it, it's, um, your your work is tends to be kind of driving bluesy, Tends to be, I don't even know if I'd say country. It's, it's, it's I've tested positive for bluegrass, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I, you, people ask me, what kind of music do you play? And I, I usually respond, well, I hope good music, you know, uh, acoustic. It's kind of a, I was a big JJ Kale fan. Hmm. If you mix JJ Kale and Jimmy Martin, I fall in there somewhere. I don't know where, but that's kind of, you know, somewhere in there. And, uh, a little bit of a, I don't know, Bobby Barry and Shel Silverstein in there for good measure. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I mean, they're really varied. They're everything from, you know, big, fat, blue stompers to really pretty, sweet stuff. And it's, it's really cover a broad range. Are you sure you listened to my music? I did. I did. Oh, my God. Yeah. Some of your stuff's pretty. I mean, it's, I know it's hard to imagine. But you know, the, the, that's one of the problems about being a musician is, uh, or being an artist of any kind. Mm-hmm. The last person who should judge my the quality of my art is me. Yeah, it's certainly true. Because I'm super, super critical of my own work. You know, yeah. I can, I can, I can uh, be objective about yours and critique you or anybody else. But when it comes to critiquing myself, oh yeah, no, we're we're all terrible. Horrible. At that. We're all yeah. terrible at that. Yeah, yeah, or we just believe we're awesome and shut down criticism completely. Well, that's my problem. I believe both those things. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's not great. All right, so um, so the the questions I wanted to get into with you are about your brand, and so, so for sure, Big Dumb Hick is part of a brand identity for you. Well, uh, another reason for that is if you look online, if you look up Jeff Wall, there's mm-hmm. a there's a famous Canadian photographer uh, named Jeff Wall. Mm-hmm. There's if you look up Jeff Wall, singer songwriter. There's another equally esteemed Canadian, uh, Jeff Wall. What's with these Canadians? In British Columbia. Crazy. There's a uh, Jeff Walls out of Athens, Georgia, who used to be a guitar player in uh, Guadalcanal Diary, Guadalcanal Diary, and uh, and uh, the Woggles or something like that. I'm not sure. Really nice guy. So there's a lot of Jeff Walls out there. Yeah. And, but I did the big dumb hick thing because uh, it was unique. Yes. I'm the only one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, listen, there's a guy who named his band the Clanky Lincolns. I get it. Huh, yeah. Right. Um, there's something to say about, you know, it's Googleable, it sticks in your head, it's, you know, I think I think in terms of an identity, it's all right. I think, um, you know, there it does, it, and like you say, it does leave you with a sort of a preconception that you have to overcome sometimes. One of the things I've started doing is uh, I'm marketing myself or trying to find gigs or things like that. Uh, it's been Jeff Wall, and then I put Big Dumb Hick in parentheses right behind that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like there's a, I'm starting to feel... Uh, even more bipolar than normal because, you know, there's a big dumb hick identity and there's a Jeff Wall identity. There's really not a whole lot of difference between those two. You know, I am what I am, but, uh, you know, I, I was, I do, I do two different shows. You know, I'll do an adult oriented show where the reins are off and I can, yeah. you know, I can say and, and do and play anything I want to. And then I do a show it's more politically correct and family friendly where I have to leave off about half a dozen songs uh, because you know, it's not that they have profanity in them, but you know, I have a song called erectile dysfunction blues and nobody wants to explain to a six year old what erectile dysfunction is. Yeah. I mean, not everything's appropriate for every audience. And and I think, I think there's a way to, um, I think if you lead with that, I think if you say, you know, that's a that's a thing that I can, uh, you know, I'm known for a certain uh, uh, irreverence or uh, inappropriateness, right. right? But I can also do, you know, family friendly stuff. I think as long as that's something that's kind of upfront. Because when you when you told me the other day that we lost a gig because of that, you actually went and explained it and got the show back, right? Yeah, right. So, it, yeah. So it's, I think it's like. If people just kind of know what they're getting up front. That, that's that's um, you know, one of the worst shows we ever did as, as the Clanky Lincolns. We, I, it was on me. I failed to understand that when these people said dance music, they meant beach music. Ah, and we don't do any beach music. So we showed up and started playing. You know, just completely not what they wanted to hear. 
Um, but it was just a failure of due diligence on my part. Like I didn't, I didn't, um, I assumed we were saying the same thing and we completely weren't. Right. So it's, it's kind of about over communicating. I got booked for a New Year's Eve gig, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. And, uh, and you know, and I, I used to bill myself as music, getting divorced and drunk too. <laughs> Cause I, you know, I did all these old, old hardcore, old school country stuff. And the place I was playing, because it was New Year's Eve, they had a bunch of older couples there, and they wanted to dance. Yeah. I don't do any dance music. I, I you know, I'm like, I'm here with an acoustic guitar, guys. There's not a whole lot, right. you know, I can't help you a whole right. lot, you know. Right. But, you know, listen, I think in terms of, uh, that that's a great branding strap line, right? Music to get divorced and, say it again? Music to get divorced and drunk to, or get drunk and divorced to. Right. I love that. I mean, you know, the part, the, the point of branding is that it says, um, it says who you are, including like who you want to be, who you, who you, um, you know, it's not, it's not just a description of you. It also is a creation of you. Well, I've got, I wrote a song. I don't know how I wrote it because it's actually a good song. Uh, and it's called Love Everybody and Don't Be a Dick. And it's a gospel song. It's brilliant. Right, check it's it out brilliant. on the website. It's on there somewhere. And, uh, but all my merch, has that on it love everybody don't be a dick and then it says jesus underneath like it's a quote yeah and so uh we were driving through town yesterday we seen a car somebody we don't even know had the bumper sticker on the back of the car yeah. and my wife's like yeah. that's you that's you and i'm like cool but uh that's kind of become my tagline that's kind of become the thing i i'm known yeah. for that one song and i you know there's part of me that's worried about being typecast or pigeonhole for that and then I, I get to thinking, you know, Larry Greenwood is really cleaned up from that God Bless the USA song. So maybe I should just shut up and shut up and pull it. Well, I mean, that's the that's the alternative, right, is to lean into, you know, the grown-up thing and and sort of set aside the fact that you could tone it down and, like, really become the, the kick-ass, you know, adult, adult version show and sort of not worry about the fact that there are some gigs that aren't appropriate for you, like that beach music gig. Well, yeah, that's... It's, uh, I've got, I keep a spreadsheet. I try to book gigs and I, and I keep a spreadsheet. I, I write down, uh, when the last time it was, I tried contacting them and when I got a response and I've got a half a dozen of them that the response is not appropriate for our venue. And, uh, it, it almost take that as a badge of honor now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, I want to be appropriate for everybody. I put a disclaimer on my website that says that unless, Prior arrangements have been made. This will be a family-friendly show. I don't know. Well, sometimes I sometimes I worry that I branded myself into a corner. You know that I've somehow or another. You know uh, that people have this perception that it's not really correct about me because of my brand. Right. And I wondered if I should change that, but then I get a response that people actually love that name. They love that brand. They love my uh, my logo, which is basically a Sasquatch. Wearing bib overalls, yeah, and a fedora, which is you know pretty much. I've been told that it's a self-portrait. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's really good. And it was a it was a fiver special, right? It was a fiver. It didn't cost me twenty bucks yeah, or so. so uh, I paid two guys, and and the problem with fivers, you, you you don't know exactly what you're going to end up with. You, right. you, it's kind of hard to tell the skill level of somebody. You can look at their portfolio, but that doesn't really that really doesn't tell you a whole lot because they're trying to put their best foot forward as well. Right. And so I just chose two people at random, and uh, one of them 
really excelled. It's one of the smarter things yeah. I've done. Yeah, it's good. It, it, yeah, it really is a crazy line drawing that just so says you. It's really good. But, you know, listen, the, the, thing that, the thing that I think people, the place I want to expand people's mind about branding is that it's more than just the name and the logo. Okay. Right? The brand includes the experience people have of what you're delivering. It includes their impression of you. It includes... Um, uh, you know, sort of what, how they feel when they talk with you. It includes you know, part of part of what the brand um, we've created for the Clicky Lincolns. We never say it out loud, but our brand is we're the biggest party in town and we're the guys you want to hang out with. Right. And even nights when we show up and don't feel like that, like that's what we put on and that's that's who who we are on stage because, you know, just that's the target we paint about ourselves. So how, what would you say is, like, what are people left with out of your show? <laughs> oh... You know, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully they've been entertained. Uh, yep. You know, I want them to laugh, but then again, you know, there's nothing. I love doing two real funny songs, and then doing one where the where the main subject steps off a ledge. You know, and, <laughs> and, and watching people's jaws drop. You know, I like seeing that. Uh, yes, that range of emotion. Yes, uh, I just want people to enjoy themselves. Yeah, that's. Uh- I'll tell you, that's one thing that I always feel when I've, I've been in your show is the range of emotion, you know, all the way from like rolling on the floor laughing to, you know, some tragic song that's, you know, a total weeper. It's, um, you know, it's part of me that gets worried about being typecast as it's just a novelty act. But then again, I got to, you know, like Ray Stevens and Guitars in, but then I remember Ray Stevens also wrote Misty and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and all these other great songs, and he's he's a hell of a musician. Uh, so I don't know. It's I've never really been sure what my brand is. I don't know what it is. I want people. I just want people to have a good time. My main thing is is I want to connect with an audience. Yeah. And it's it, it, if I can connect with them, then what we're just having a two hour conversation is what we're doing. That's right. And you know, and I'm exposing, I'm exposing. You're seeing Jeff for two hours. You're seeing right. the real me. That's right. You know, there's a lot of humor in there. There's, you know, and there's a lot of darkness in there as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's almost a therapy type thing for me. Yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. And and it's and it's therapeutic to be in the audience for it. I hope so. I mean, I've been told, I've got people, I, you know, I, I seem to really connect with some people. There's some people that, that, that are really fond of what it is I do. Yes. And that I've really connected with, uh, you know, the the humor, the the funny songs are the ones that stick with people at first. Then there's uh, then some of the serious songs. There's a guy, there's a the songwriter community in Greensboro, wants to say on the Hop Horn area is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a song circle that's held the last Thursday of every month at Doodad Farm that people from from the Triangle from Raleigh Chapel Hill will come out. For. It's yeah. that good. Yeah, forty-five minutes an hour away. Yeah, and then every Sunday there's the Gate City Songwriters as well, and I just forgot what the point was I was getting ready to make. Uh, but it was a great point, you know. If I'd have made it, <laughs> there you go. Let's it would have been awesome. Let's just assume that got made, Jeff. That was a brilliant salient, is what that was. It, it, was, it really was. You know, I, really... I am pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh no, but there's one of the guys in uh, in the song circles is is a big wig in the Presbyterian church. And uh, he's super, super supportive of me, which is kind of weird because I'm a semi-agnostic Pentecostal snake handling Buddhist who says the F word way too much. 
So you wouldn't think that him and I would connect a whole lot. I wrote a song called uh, New Wayfaring Strangers about refugees and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he really connected with it, and he ended up using it in a sermon. Wow. Uh, so he played my song in a sermon, and I'm like going, now that's wild, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know. So, it, you know, it's that connecting with people. Whether I was uh, last weekend, I was out at the beach. Uh, three or four of us were sitting around. Somebody asked me if uh, if I could play a Jimmy Buffett song. And, and my eyes rolled back in my head for a minute because I, I don't normally do any Buffett. And then he asked me if I could do uh, Pirate Looks at 40. And, and, and I tried to stumble through it. You know, I hadn't played it in 20 years. Uh, and some kid came by and said that his father had just, he heard us playing it. His father had died uh, that year. His father was a musician, and that song was one of the songs that his father wanted played at his funeral. And it, you know, and he thanked me profusely because it reminded him of his dad. Mm. You know, and it's just one of those things that raises a hair up on your arms. You yeah. know, you're doing a, you know, you never know when what it is you're doing is going to connect with somebody else and how it's going to affect them. Yeah. Even you know, even if you're just doing a cover of Achy Breaky Hearts, you never know how it's gonna connect with somebody else. Totally. You just don't know. Totally. Yeah. You know, so you just got you gotta to try to break it every time you every time you can. Yeah, I'll tell you, last time on Thursday up at Gibbs Hundred, I um I ripped out uh uh Mash Like a Woman. Oh. <laughs> and the whole crowd went bonkers. I had the whole I like every woman in the crowd was singing along with me. And it's the kind of thing like, I should have I should have known that was going to happen, but it really was like I hit that you know, dap, dap, ba, da, 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 and the whole like the scream was amazing. I just that same kind of moment of like this is a song that you never dreamed some big you know hairy guy was going to pull out, and but it connects and it connects with something you remember and have some nostalgia around. And um, there were girls that are singing You're every better. word. You're a better guitar player than I am. I, I can't, I can't do those note for note renditions. Yeah, well, I do a bluegrass version of YMCA. <laughs> uh, you know, people look at my my big self. Uh, I'm wearing bibs. And I got you know all this hair. You know, and I look like I look like part of the road show for Deliverance. And uh, and suddenly I pull out YMCA. Yeah. It, you know, it, it just. <laughs> I watch people's heads. I know it's so much fun. It's so much fun. So listen, I think I think based on all that you just said, that the the only thing your current branding doesn't say is how much heart is in your show. I think that's the only thing I don't see in Big Dumb Hick and the you know Sasquatch logo is the heart. Uh, Maybe I should put a big rainbow behind it or something. Maybe or or some poetry. Yeah, or Hick with a heart or something. (laughs) I don't know how you would express that, but but you know the. The love for connecting with people and the love for people, really, that's in your show. You know, I, I kind of like to surprise people. No, like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, that, and that's part of the joy of seeing your show is like it so defies what you expect when you first lay eyes on you. You know, I really love when I'm told that that there's no sense or I can do whatever I want. And it's almost like me playing songs is just a break between what it is I really do, which is just messing with the audience yeah. you know yeah somebody walking out i'm like hey where are you going i'm not done yeah, yet you know? down. <laughs> <laughs> i've done that a few times and it, it's like you know 
hey, you still got money in your pocket. You can't leave <laughs> that's yet. Right. And, that's and, right. And like, Tip jar's right there on your way out. Thank you. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, and it's sometimes it's there's a part of me that's sitting back saying, what are you doing? You're not going to be able to get away with this. <laughs> and, and there's another part that just says, shut up and hold on. Right. You know, and it's, yeah. There's a there's a freedom there that's kind of I don't I love yeah. it. I, if I go two weeks without a gig, I I start jonesing like I'm some heroin oh, junkie. Too. You know, I start itching it. Me too. Me too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so how would how how would uh see that's the thing I don't know. Oh, you can your listeners can contact me through the website if they got some idea <laughs> of how I should better brand myself to you know to show that I have. Well, I mean, it, a reasonable facsimile of a heart. I'd be interested. It, it, in it may it. be. Oh, I like that reasonable facsimile of a heart. <laughs> now that sounds like you. Oh my God, that sounds just like you. That might be a song to write right there. You may have just had a song title happen. Oh, I'd have to take my teeth out to sing it though. It's sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Reason. Re, yeah. Reasonable facsimile of a heart. That's that's a little tough, but but some some about that. Like it's it's almost like a, 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 a that body Tyler song. You know, you could almost you know. I can't remember what the name of the song is, but something to do with the heart. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Um, I would say I would say a couple. So I'd say, I guess I'd say kind of a couple things about about your brand. One is just to own it, you know, and and not um, to sort of own that people are going to misunderstand you, and that's part of the joy of it. The the only time that I get, I don't know what the what the correct word is. I had a. I had a stroke in February, so my brain's not working the way it should be someday. And I have, uh, but you know, it was in my brain. I don't use that a whole lot anyway. So, you know, it could have been a whole lot worse, sure. but I still have trouble uh, trying to think of words. And that could just be from the fact that I'm old. But, uh, and once again, I lost my thread. Uh, <laughs> and I'm no help. Uh, I was gonna, once again, I was going to say something really awesome. I don't and, know how uh, we keep having these things on the podcast where I'm like, yeah, I'm just doing that, going off on a thing, and Adam's like, oh my god, it's like, yeah. uh, no, the only time I get a little self conscious about my, uh, only time I get self conscious about my brand is when I'm trying to book gigs, and I absolutely hate booking gigs, but I want you to know, if you're within four or five hours of Greensboro, North Carolina, and you need somebody to come play. I'll play. I'll do children's parties. I'll do church socials. I'll do hangings. Uh, I'll play just about anything. <laughs> well, now listen. So here's here's something to consider then, because um, you know a brand. One aspect of a brand is the target audience. You really can't have a brand without thinking about who you're who you're communicating the brand to. I found out that uh, I didn't realize this, and, and I found out this uh, through some of my listeners that my target audience is. Middle-aged or is men in their fifties. Oh, that's oh, not yeah. who I was shooting at, but it's people like me. Yeah. Well, uh, here, here's the thing that I figured out pretty quick: a, a performer actually has two target audiences. Okay. Right. There's the audience for the music, and then the, there's the audience for the business. And mm. you know, the Clinky Lincolns have two really, you know, fully defined brands structured. You know, and one is the brand we are on stage and when we're performing and when we're at the show. And the other is the brand we are when we're interacting with somebody about a gig. And uh, as I said, the show one is like biggest party in town. We're the guys you want to hang out with totally engaged and, you know, including you in the show and all of that. The brand that we are facing bookers and managers and stuff is your partner, professional, 
um, knows what they're about, understands the business is about selling beer, um, like a, a partner in having a really successful night, both, you know, in feel and in revenue. Right. And, um, and so that's what we communicate, you know, um, Justin and I did our thing last weekend where we, um, go out and hit venues and talk to managers and stuff. And, um, no, we didn't, we, we told them that our show is great and everybody's engaged and loves being it and feels like they were part of it. But what we sat and talked about was the draw we have and the number of people who come, you know, like come and eat and drink and the, the way, um, you know, we can fine tune our sound to fit their weird small brick room or whatever. You know, it's very much a, a partnership in putting on something successful, a successful event for them. So, you know, the the, the point is there, there. You really have two brands, and you. I don't know if you've thought about the second one very much. Well, uh, I have. One of, one of my problems is, or, or one of my, what some people would call it opportunities. I don't know how you want to right. refer to it as. Is I don't have a draw yet. I don't. I don't bring a crowd with me. But what I can do for you is, I'm the audience is going to stay there until I'm done. That's right. I can guarantee you that. You know, there's a and and I've got a bunch of people I played for that will tell you the same thing. Yep. That uh, is going to grow. Bar hoppers are going to come in and they're going to stick. Yeah, my that's my strength is engaging with the audience. Right. Once I can, once I'm able to start engaging. Now, some of the brewery gigs, that's kind of hard because people are more interested in talking to their friends and drinking beer. You're just background music. But if I can get in there, if I can get just two or three people's attention, mm-hmm. pretty soon I'll end up with most of the room's attention. So uh, yeah, it's just it's hard just getting that little bit. Yeah, well, so that's that's part of the brand you are in terms of how you sell yourself to bookers is, you know, those people who drift in and drift out, well, they don't drift out one. Now, I've been trying to do most of my booking online, either through email or through Facebook. Uh, I was thinking that, I was actually thinking about grabbing my guitar, thinking of putting a list together of the places I really want to get into uh, who haven't responded uh, to any of my emails or uh, PMs and just showing up with a guitar one Saturday afternoon uh, and saying, here I am, this is what I do, I want to play here. And, and just... Audition it. I don't know how that would go. I think um, I think a lot of times a manager would feel like they they couldn't pay the kind of attention they need to to just to, to, to like do justice to what you were asking them to see. Right. Um, I don't know. There, there there need to be a way to say it. That's like I don't know if I could get across what it is I do in 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 three to five minutes either. You know, and that's about all the time they would have to give me. Yeah. I mean, I will tell you that the format we did on on that Sunday at Level Eleven, where everybody had four songs, you know, it worked out to fifteen, seventeen minutes a piece. Right. That was a nice format. I liked that. It was tight. It was not. Um, it was enough to get a good taste of every performer, but not enough that they, you know, nobody, everybody left their filler at home. Right? It was like just the best stuff. Um, right. That that was a struggle trying to figure out what, <laughs> you know, which which way do I go with this? Right. You know, it's like going right into. I did a little bit of humor and a little bit of seriousness, and no, it was, and then just one kind of rock and song. It was song. good. I, I really loved your set, and, and I think that um, I think it might be worth experimenting with, you know, especially a place that's not so busy on a Saturday, and see that set is online on my website, and there's there's video that the video that you oh, shot good. or the gym shot here was yeah. shot. I took it and trimmed it up and threw it up on the website. It's fantastic. It's a four song yeah, set. good. Well, listen, that, and that's that's. Um, 
you know, if you can send a link to that to somebody, that's that's really helpful in, in making a, a right. booking decision for them. I will tell you, I I really do think that booking in person is the only way to go. I think you can send emails, you know, until your hands fall off. Um, I I happened to I just because we were in the neighborhood, dropped by a place that a year ago I went by and got the manager's card, and I emailed her. I don't even know, four or five, six times, no answer, no nothing. And then we dropped by and had a beer today, on Saturday. I said, hey, is, uh, what's her name around? Said, oh, yeah, yeah, she's on next door. She's on at the, you know, in the in the big room next door to the tap room. It blew my mind. I walked in there and we got in front of her and she was amazed at us and like so grateful to meet us in person. All these people just send emails, so impersonal. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I guess it is. Like, thanks for not responding to me in a moment. But, um, but I, I really do think face to face, put yourself in front of them, be you know, be your brand. You know, we were engaging and wanted to you know have fun and be great. You should go in there and be yourself and honest and you know funny and funny and soulful and all that you are. Um, uh, it's I, I don't drink, so I don't spend well, much exactly. time in bars. You, know, you gotta you know, drop in for I'm that playing. reason and be clear that you're there for that. Uh. Um, and I, 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 they don't bother me, but you know, I, I, uh, I had to. I got clean thirty-four years ago because I found out I could play better once I quit drooling over yes. strings. Yes, it does help. It does help. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people died trying to be Keith Richards. You know, <laughs> yeah, there really is only one. I love Keith just as one. much as anybody, but yeah, that's yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. All right, well, you said before we hit the record button here, you had questions. Um, have we covered them? Do you have other stuff? I think I've, I think, I think I've right. hit them all. Uh, there was the, the booking thing. Uh, you know, there's the thing about, uh, I'm, you know, I designed my website myself, uh, and I wasn't real sure what I, was, what I was doing when I did it. But uh, I'm able to write. So I came up with a couple of different bows, a short mm-hmm. one and a longer one. Uh, I've got my calendar on there. I've got uh, some song clips. I take a handheld recorder with me when I go to gigs, and I try to record yeah. the show because it gives me some kind of idea of what works and what doesn't work. Oh, I think you it's know, crucial. Things I, I said I think it's that crucial. I shouldn't have said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, jokes that worked and jokes that didn't. Right. Uh, and things like that. And so some of that, some of those recordings came out pretty good, and I've thrown them up on the website. I've, I was trying to do a song a week. Or YouTube, and then uh, I got the flu last uh, last February, and as a result, I ended up having a stroke from coughing so much. And my neurologist told me that I couldn't perform for three months. Huh. Yeah, or, or I'd die. So my wife, uh, my wife, told me that if I died, she'd kill me. And right. so uh, I, I did what I was told to do for a change. And uh, and I, I haven't I haven't uh, gotten back to that song week thing. I need to. I just I haven't had time. Seems like I've been playing a lot, and then I'm having to be a husband and got a day job. You know, it's just like anything else. You know, it's just like all of us. You know, we, oh, we yeah. got more things to do than we got time to do it in. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and then you know, it's a matter of. I, mean, I, don't, I can't even begin to tell you how many weeks in a row Justin have been like, "Okay, this weekend, no, no, can't do it." You know, uh, we got out on the street last weekend is kind of a miracle because we've been trying for. A month. My wife told me tonight, uh, she said, I just looked at the calendar. You don't have any gigs until the 30th. And she was happy and excited about it. And I was kind of depressed about it. I was like, yeah, I ain't got nothing uh, until the 30th. I got to go two weeks without a gig. What am I going to do? 
And uh, so you know, but it's it's time I get to spend with her instead. And she's been real good. She's uh, she supports me. She won't go to shows most of the time. Uh, and the reason is, she said she could be bored and comfortable at home instead of being bored and uncomfortable at a bar. <laughs> and then again, I'm also not allowed to publicly identify her because uh, there's a lot of my songs that are about a fictional. It's about somebody just might happen to look a lot like my wife, but it's not about my wife. Because huh. right. I, I would never write any song that was disparaging of my wife because uh, she would kill me. Right. Actually, she's, she's been very good to me. So We've been married 27 years. If I'd known I was going to live this long, yeah. if I'd known we was going to be uh, married this long, I would have taken worse care of myself. <laughs> there you go. All right, man. Well, listen, thanks for being on and thanks for uh, this conversation, I think. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel like I stumbled along. I'm not real good at this oh, you did great. being interviewed thing. Uh, I hope I was of, of some benefit. Uh, BigDumbHick.com. Uh, say hi. There's an email like there. Yeah, go check the man out. He's, he's killer. He's really amazing.